Broadcasting to South Dublin on 93.9. This is Dublin South FM. Good afternoon and welcome to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. It's cold, wet, miserable out there and it's a spooky pre-Halloween weekend. But it's not cold and wet, miserable in here. It's lovely and warm and cosy. And my two guests this week are not spooky. Um, unfortunately, Joe's not around because he's doing a TEDx this evening and I, he's pacing around the streets remembering his lines and stuff. So it's just me this week, Simon Haig. So anyway, welcome to our two guests. I'll start with uh, so it's Miriam Simon. Yeah, Miriam Simon. It's good to see you. And Miriam, you're a business mentor, growth accelerator, and you've had a background in retail. Absolutely, absolutely. I look forward to talking to you about all of that stuff. And then our second guest is Mark Donovan, and it says here that you help leaders uh, keep their word and do what they say they'll do, which is fascinating. Mm. (laughs) A big mm. It sounds sounds great. I might just start with you, Mark. So, I mean, that's a big statement. Mm. So tell us a little bit about First of all, I'm interested in both of your backgrounds. Tell, tell us about your background and how you got to this place. My background would be quite diverse. I mean, I would have left school at 15 and started to do a bakery apprenticeship. Quickly realised uh, you know, that uh, the, the type of cakes I made would make a sword swallow a gag. So, um, you know, realised that wasn't a long-term future for me. Went back to night school, done my leaving cert. Yeah. And then... Um, then looked around about you know what what would I um, what would I like to do, and um, while doing the apprenticeship, I studied accountancy through night school. Uh, eventually managed to qualify, and um, then spent about ten years in the financial services. And a lot of that wow. was in middle and senior management roles, which yeah. really got me into the whole area of people performance, and you know what engages people to work at the highest level. Wow. And then 16 years ago, set up my own company. And So when you went through that, I'm always interested in people's journeys. So, you, so you, as you said, you kind of pivoted at an early age, right? Mm. Did you notice there was a drive in you or was there a longing to learn or longing to develop? Or What, what was that inside you at that age that, that allowed you to have the confidence to re-educate yourself and move to a new level? What, can, you, can you articulate what was that inside you? Is it ambition, drive? What is it? I'd say it was drive to improve myself. Yeah. You know, drive that, that you know, I didn't fancy getting up at two o'clock yeah. in the morning for the rest of my life. Yeah. And that drive, you know, that was the drive that I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I had the confidence at that age. Definitely not. Yeah. But I'm a great believer in, um, and I, again, working with a lot of my clients is, you know, take the chance and the confidence will follow. So there was something in you. There was an awareness or awakening that you wanted to follow a certain path. Definitely, yeah, 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 and that's that's so that's interesting. And in terms of you, Miriam, so so mm. tell us a little bit about your <clears> background and and retail background and and what led you to where you're at today. Um, well, I, I I won't go too far back, but um, background um, was heavy duty retail. Actually, fell into retail by accident. I um, had left home at, at quite a young age, and. Um, took a trainee manager role with uh, Don Stores who taught me work ethic 
very well. Um, And then I uh, moved to the UK with what used to be the Burton Group, and they educated me. I used to buy my shirts from Burton in the 90s, late late blah, blah, 70s. Yeah, (laughs) but uh, that was it at the time where they basically owned the high street. They they owned everything in those days. And uh, they saw talent in me, and they educated me, and I was with them for about 10 years. Yeah. Uh, I then um, went through a, a, a few different retailers, worked for River Island, uh, again, family business, very fantastic dynamic business, um, joined Monsoon, um, became a director for Monsoon, um, um, saw a lot of advantages and uh, opportunities in Ireland. I was in the Irish market, and we grew the business um, very exponentially, maybe yeah. about eight or ninefold over a five-year period. Um, that led me to TK Maxx. They saw that and they poached me and I joined TK Maxx. I was assistant vice president. I looked after Ireland and a bit of Wales, a bit wow. of the Midlands at wow. times. And then um, I did a little bit of work. Um, while I was with TK Maxx, I started to mentor for Enterprise Ireland. Um, I saw that, I saw that. Yeah, a little bit of that was um, actually to um, give something back and to make sure I was going to go to heaven. Do you know, (laughs) it was a little bit of uh, giving something back. But I actually found I really enjoyed it and that a lot of the skills that I had from retail were very um, cross-functional and and worked across industry. Yeah, yeah. And... um, It's all about... It's all about the customer and it's all about, I mean, nowadays, nobody wants the hard sell. We all want, we, mm. we can all see through the hard sell. You know, we all see that. We all feel that as humans. Mm. So it's about, do you think it's about the connection? It's, it's completely about-, about the customer. So, so, so actually, um, I, I went out my own a few years ago um, through life circumstances. I had a parent that was very poorly, yeah. and but actually doing the mentoring had given me the courage to pivot and, and made me realise that I actually wanted more fulfilment than I than I than I was getting in yeah. a corporate role. But essentially, it is all about the customer. So yeah. so most businesses that are having a difficult time, it is because they've actually disconnected from their customer in some way and yeah. they're operating the business they want to operate yeah. rather than the business that the customer needs. Yeah. And that, that might sound really simplified, but it's no. actually very easy as a business to slip into that no, quite I, quickly. I agree. And for one, you, you both work for yourselves, I, mm-hmm. I, I yes. assume. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, and I do too, and Joe does, and... I think the same definitely applies for one man or one woman companies. You know, it's yeah. so easy to spend your time working on your documents and your programs and stuff, but you can lose sight of the fact that it's the unless your customers need or want you, absolutely, you're not going to sell anything. Yes. So, so, Mark. So, in terms of your, so tell us about you know you know you talk about helping leaders keep their word and do what they say they'll do. How do you do that? And, and how did all that come about? Because I'm fascinated by that. Well, I, I, I set up my own business uh, about 16 and a half years ago now. Uh, it's, it's flown by. Um, and again, you know, one of my core philosophies is, is taking self-responsibility. Yeah. I think we have a, a sort of a tidal wave in Ireland at the moment of people avoiding self-responsibility. I think everybody, yeah. um, a lot of people want to point the finger at somebody else. And to me, I mean, my, my, my philosophy will be very much around taking, taking that responsibility, whether it's dealing with your customers, whether it's dealing with your staff, yeah. you know, dealing with your boss. And, um, and, and that's really where, where, where that philosophy comes from. Yeah, I love that. We, we were just chatting outside and, and you asked me how my, how my year's going. And I said, oh, the last couple of years were a bit tough, but this year's been good. And your response was, 
Every year is good. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm. often hear that from people. I love I love that. Because I'm a, I'm a glass half full person normally. Mm. Uh, and it's unusual to meet somebody even more positive. I love that positivity. Well, I'm a full <laughs> glass all the time. That's and great. That's really yeah. important. But I, th- I think, again, again, my philosophy would be if, if you're not happy with something, it's change up it. to you to change it. Yeah. Nobody else is going to do that. Yeah. And I find when I work with senior leaders, I mean, a lot of the time it is working with them to uh, to get them to focus on themselves. Yeah, yeah. Because I think yeah. a lot of the time we want to, as I said, you know, economic conditions or, or, or Brexit again, things things like that. But again, my philosophy is, yeah. you know, focus on what you can control. Yep. And forget about the rest. Yeah, it's like the old serenity prayer, God give me the courage to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Yes. That, that's the key, that's the key thing. Yeah. It's very easy to moan about stuff outside your control, mm. but only just be concerned yourself with stuff that's inside your control. Yes, you know? yeah. So so on a practical level, how do you work, what, what sort of clients would you have and how would you work with them? How would you allow your positivity to, you know, to move into what they're doing? How, how do you do this? Well, again, probably the, the starting point for me with any client would be to, um, you know, I, I use a term, get your car out of the garage. Yeah. And I think what, what, what holds a lot of organisations and a lot of leaders back is, is, you know, if only I knew what I wanted to do, I would do it. You know, even in the business, you know, you know, there's a lot of energy. A lot of, if I, uh, and to me, it's, 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 getting, it's getting a focus. I mean, I use a metaphor of, of a car. I mean, if your car is stuck in the garage, where's it going? It's going nowhere. It's funny you should say that I'm just pivoting my website, which a uh, bit of a plug for it next month is going to be relaunched, and I'm using the terminology driving growth yes, and business leadership brand and personal. But I love that whole driving, navigating thing. Some people say, oh, it's a bit artificial because you're putting, you, 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 you know, you should really go with the flow and you shouldn't really calibrate stuff. But, but, we, but hu- humans need to know where they're going, you know? Yes. So I love that analogy of, of driving. Yeah. And, even, and, and, and even if you don't, uh, I mean, and again, I, I, I use the, the metaphor about the car over the garage. Um, one of the reasons I went into accountancy was um, uh, I seen the film Wall Street in the 80s. Charlie yeah. Sheen, you know, yeah, Michael yeah, Douglas. Yeah. And I yeah, just, yeah. I thought, I mean, imagine going to work in a sharp suit and a stripy short, which I've got one on at the moment. <laughs> and, 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 and that was my, you know, pick a target. And that got my car out of the garage. It got me moving. Yeah, yeah. And then I think once that happens in life, other opportunities will open up and things happen. Absolutely. Clarity yeah. is power. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what, so what do you think more about on, on that setting? Because setting? I'm really fascinated about this. I'm, I'm doing a... I've come across this program called Goal Mapping mm-hmm. and uh, by a, an English guy, Brian Main, who set it up. And, uh, and, and what he does is he uses the left-hand side of the brain and the right-hand side of the brain. Yeah. So you set out your goals uh, using words, but then you set them out visually. And then it, it's, I think it's a pa- – so for you, Miriam, do you – I think that's actually very strong. Very strong, Very yeah. strong. Do you, do you – how, how much do you – set your own goals for example next year right January the 1st right so I'll be interested in both of you because I'm starting to think about my calendar for next year yes what, what are you doing Miriam in terms of planning for next year oh. and I'll ask you after that Mark mm-hmm. uh, so I have a 2020 plan in place already already <laughs> well I feel spot, shamed spot there yeah spot the mom um, yeah I, uh, I have a, uh, yeah I have my my goals laid out I right. have a, can you a, share actually, any of those um, for next year uh, so so um, the the way I work, I tend to work with four major clients in a year okay. um, because it's intense and, and yeah. you want to make sure you serve your clients very well. So yeah. I tend to work with, um, my, my business is quite retainer based. So what kind of work do you do with your clients? So um, it's, uh, 
it, really, it's a combination of uh, growth strategy okay. and and uh, growing their business and uh, the growth strategy and accelerating growth and yeah. leadership development. Okay. So, so um, I, I tend to attract businesses that are usually about two million plus turnover, okay. um, where they're at that stage where they've grown and they're yeah. a successful business. And they're and not just retail businesses. No, 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 okay. no. And okay. actually, all business is retail when you think it about is, it. it. If it you is. transact, you are a retailer. I agree. Even so, B2B is retail. So, yeah, so, so yeah, um, uh, so, no, it's not solely retail. Retail I talk a lot about on LinkedIn because I'm a retail nerd. Yeah. But um, but actually, they, they hit a pinch point. Uh, they, they hit a pinch point where they've outgrown their structure. Yeah. And they may have outgrown some of their leadership capabilities. Okay. And then they need help. Okay. That's, so they're kind of at a pivot point. They're, they're, they're kind of at a pivot point where they need to poise themselves for the next tranche yeah. of growth. That's so hard. You know, a number of my clients, and I've been in the same position with my own businesses, is it's you can truck along, you mm-hmm. know, with a sole man or woman business or a family mm-hmm. business, and then the business grows like this, and the agony is whether you – pour more capital in it, in it and you bring more people in because Absolutely. but that can distill the brand you know it's a real yeah. worry point for a lot of businesses it is it is I think um, where where I've uh, had success is I'm a real trader this is where the retail background yeah, really yeah, helps yeah. me I'm keeps a real, it sharp keeps I, it real. I keep, I'm very commercial yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm um, my strength in my background would have been leadership development I, I'm very yeah. good at at helping leaders become leaders. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so the combination is good. Yeah. Mark, what we might do is we might come back in after the break and ask you about the growth side of stuff. But um, I think we'll, I think we'll, I think we'll take a quick break now and we'll listen to these messages and we'll come back in a couple of minutes. You're a community radio for South Dublin. This is Dublin South FM. And welcome back to Business Eye. It's definitely lovely and cosy in here. I'm looking out the window there. I can see the Dublin mountains and it's, it looks like January in the Arctic sitting here. So it's, but it's lovely and warm in here. Mark, um, uh, come, coming to you in terms of setting goals for next year in the next two years or five years, uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on how do you do that in terms of for your business and then in terms of your clients? Um, again, for my business, it's very much around um, you know, setting goals that will excite, focus and energise me. Because I think yeah. unless we have goals like that, we're not going to true. get out of our comfort zone. We're not going to push the boundaries out. We're not going to do stuff. Um, yeah. And I think too many people do what I call, avoid, um, you know, have the deferred life plan. Yeah. Putting off living until some future date. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, to me, you know, life is unpredictable. Yeah. So nobody knows. I mean, I, I remember learning this from a guy when I started out in business myself. Uh, fantastic guy. I was working as an associate of his. And he used to always talk about um, eating the dessert first. Yeah. Yeah. And one day, I mean, I sort of got the courage up to ask him what he meant by this. He was always so positive and focused and energised. And when I asked him that question, he sort of, he, he paused and he turned sort of grey. And he... Um, he sort of, he trembled a bit and, and yeah. I was like, what have I asked? And he, he just said that, you know, you know, 20, 25 years previous, I mean, this was the time before mobile phones. Yeah. He was on a business trip down to Cork. He arrived down to Cork. There was a message there to, to uh, call home. He says his daughter was very sick. When he um, called home, he said, get back to Dublin as quick as you can. By the time he drove back, his daughter was dead. Oh, yeah. 18 years of age, had died of meningitis, and he took a philosophy then, which he called "eat the dessert first," yeah. which was, um, you know, be grateful for what you have while you're striving for more. And again, that's another part of, you know, what I would believe in setting goals and working with my clients around, um, yeah. around, you know, be grateful for what you have while you're striving, 
um, and that gives you to me a strong foundation I totally to hit agree. higher goals. Yeah, I think for me, I, I live a bit of a spiritual. I'm in a spiritual program, and I've had a few traumas in my life, and so I practice. I try my hardest every day to do a gratitude list. Yeah, um, and I find that you know, you know, today, right now, I'm sitting in a lovely warm studio with. With you, Mark, who I, f- I just find really positive, which I love because mm-hmm. I, n- I need positive people around me. I made a decision a couple of years ago to avoid toxic people who are negative. And then Miriam, there's a real softness, there's a real a real honesty, a real human touch about you. So I, I, I'm f- I, this is the first radio sh- this is a bit of honesty here, the first time I've ever done a radio show by myself and I've got the right guests for this mm-hmm. occasion. So oh, that's... that's very <laughs> Uh, so, 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 Miriam. In terms of we, we were chatting before, and you didn't get to talk about your goals. So, in terms of next year, the sort of stuff you're looking to do. So, um, so, I, well, first of all, just to follow up on on Mark, there, I, I actually believe you shouldn't wait to live. You, you're you're in yeah. it. Mm. So uh, this is it. And I, I, and I am on a mission to do that. So yeah. I am enjoying myself. Yeah. So I'm doing work that excites me. So um, the last few years I've done a, quite a lot of work with um, EI, particularly with the Horizon 2020 programme, okay. which is um, has taken me more into the um, med tech and, 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 and digital um, side and industries and I'm finding, seeing all of that new innovation because you're getting to see the future before it happens yeah, yeah. and you're getting to see real... Uh, you know, amazing things that are going to help humanity in the future, yeah, yeah. particularly on the medtech side. So, um, so one of my goals is to explore that further because I'm okay. really enjoying that work and I'm finding it very fulfilling. Um, I'm going to write more next year, so I've planned okay. some time to do that. So, yeah, I, I actually have. I'm, I'm a little. I'm, 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 You've got a lot on your agenda. I've got, I've got, I've got actually my plan for 2020 wow. in place. Have you got yours in place, Mark, or? Or do you are you more fluid with how you plan going forward? I think I'm more fluid with um, with how I plan. And again, it's, I'm working with some really exciting clients at the moment yeah. who are absolutely fantastic. What, what, yeah. what kind of clients do you have? What sort of clients would you have? Would they be coaches with themselves? Would they be consultants themselves? Would they be what sort of client base do you? Or is it a whole mix of different clients? My client base would tend to be medium to large organisations. Okay. And it's really engaging, you know, engaging the leaders in that organization yeah. to work at their highest potential. Yeah. So I think, again, to, to, you know, the biggest competitive advantage I think uh, mm-hmm. an organization has today is the quality of its leaders. Yeah, yeah. And if them leaders are engaging leaders, them leaders are progressive leaders, innovative leaders, well, then that's going to drive right through the organization. Yeah. So when I'm working with clients, it is about working with that senior leadership team to you know, get them engaged, take the barriers down. Because I think the biggest challenge that uh, leaders have in business today is um, is conflicting demands. And I put in brackets, no time. Yeah. And there are so many um, people that are they're, they're trying to manage their time more effectively. Yeah. I don't believe in time management. I believe in time priority. Yeah, and, yeah. and actually, leadership is, is evolving quite dramatically. So that, you know, um, the old autocratic leadership style of, of you know, the late 20th century yeah. um, doesn't cut it anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, so actually, the, you know, the, um, some, a very wise man actually, you know, once uh, said to me, busy is the new stupid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. You know, it, it is actually about managing self. Yeah. Um, a lot yeah. more for leaders these days. I also think the old hierarchical leadership model and the very macho machismo model 
is and has to fade away. You know, I've written some stuff about the importance of gender balance for better yeah. business, you know, and, and I don't mean male and female, I mean masculine and feminine. Everybody, all three of us here have masculine mm. and feminine, Absolutely. right? And so, so do you both, does that resonate with both of you, that the, the better organizations have that mix of masculine and feminine? Um, I think I think it, th- that's an area that is still evolving. Yeah, it is. So, so we, there's uh, a long way to still go. There's still a long way to go. But but I'm I'm actually not talking about an equality point of view. I'm also talking about that from a point of view of women don't need to feel that they need to step into that macho Absolutely. image in order Absolutely. to succeed. And there there is a perception sometimes that women need to be all ballsy and yeah. Yeah. and 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 actually that's that's not true. It's kind of fake, isn't it? It's it's really fake. Yeah. So you're actually better to 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 be to be yourself. Yeah. and and uh, you know there and and lean into the different skill sets that yeah. you have and, and yourself I mean we all have masculine traits we're all goal driven we're all um, we all have you know a certain amount of you know um, you know um, task orientation whereas the feminine is more about communications about the process we all have that Absolutely. we just need to recognize we have that mm-hmm. Mark, do you? I mean, would you would you work with a mix of male and and female clients? And would there be a different? Would you have exactly the same approach with all your clients? And and, and also generational differences. Um, to me, I don't buy into the male female yeah. generational. Uh, I yeah. don't buy into any of that stuff. I we're think all human. there are yeah, we're all human beings. There, are, yeah. I, I work with fantastic. Uh, male leaders and terrible male leaders I've worked with fantastic <laughs> yep. um, female and uh, yeah. terrible it's a human. In, in my career yeah, yeah. I, and the same with age I mean I, I, I just think a leader and just uh, on a point that um, Miriam was making there about you know the like developing ourselves and realising what we are yeah. uh, I, I, I do a lot of work now around personal branding probably an area that I tripped over a few years ago yeah. mainly just trying to get my own business and my own brand yeah, yeah. but I think working with leaders around and, and, and I think again when you peel back a lot about personal branding it really is one question what do you get when you get me yeah. and I think the importance for leaders in developing a personal brand I think the confidence it gives them yeah. I think the, 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 the knowing what the strengths are I'm, I'm playing to their strengths. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people want to work on this straight away. I want to work on my weaknesses. Yeah. I mean, whether it's an individual coaching client or whether it's a leadership team, they talk, we want to work on our weaknesses. And I said, well, let's work on the strengths because yeah. the strengths is what has propelled people to where they are today. Yeah. And again, that's very much around building that brand and knowing what that is. Yeah. What, what do you both think about that? So resilience is a subject that I'm writing about and I've spoken about and I'm just doing a couple of programs. This whole area of resilience... What, what, what do you think about how important – do people even know what resilience is? Is it important? What do you think? Marie? I think it's hugely important. I think sometimes, uh, you know, you can you, some some people call it grit. There's a very famous TED talk about yeah, grit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, I think resilience is is absolutely critical in business, and and I think it um, it is about um, being um, able to to roll with it and, and, and actually being, a, being adaptable to change. Yeah. They're all different descriptions of the same thing, essentially. Yeah. Um, and it, awareness, self, self and situational awareness. Absolutely. I find the best leaders and consultants like you two have that self-awareness. You know who you've been through a journey. You know who, where you've come from. You know who you are. And, but also, crucially, you have a situational awareness. So you could both walk into a room and have a sense of who you're talking to, what the atmosphere is like. Do, do you think that's really important, Mark, to have that both that self and situational awareness? 
de- I, I think definitely it is, yeah. And I think resi- resilience to me, yeah, going back to what Miriam said, you know, to me is vitally important. Yeah. Um, I think there's an awful lot of... Um, I think it's the key. Yeah, I think there's an awful lot of pressure out there yeah. um, on leaders today. Yeah. An awful lot, I mean, 24-7, I mean, modern technology, yeah. you know, has its positives, but I think yeah. there's a hell of a lot of negatives around modern technology. And um, to me, a, a lot of leaders, um, you know, it's, it's dealing with that pressure is critical. Yeah. Because I think if we don't deal with that pressure, it's going to turn to stress. Yeah. And I think, I think, Anxiety, then stress, then, stress, then, yeah. then and breakdowns. And I, and I think pressure is bandied about it. But we talk a lot about stress, but I mean, to me, stress and pressure are extremely different things. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah I, I, yes. I, what I would say is it, it, there's a real strength in being able to make a mistake because you can't learn if you don't err. Mm. So um, I was very lucky in my corporate life that I, I actually had some amazing leaders who who inspired me and taught me how to lead yeah. and, uh, and how to engage people. Mm. And um, they often talked about, you know, you, you it's not a mistake. It's it's a learn, you know, and that e- mentality. Everything's a learning exercise. Everything's a everything learn. Everything is. So I think it's really important if, it, you know, and, and, and actually you can see that in in um, mindsets. You know, the way some people are at glass half empty, glass mm. half full. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's about having a curious mindset. And if you have a curious mindset, you're going to have a much more comfortable ride. Because yes, and fulfill, fulfilled. A, a well. much more fulfilled mm. ride because you, you're, you know, you're actually going for the experience, you're, you know, yeah. and you're, you're taking the best. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I often say this. I find since I've got clarity, you know, I had a, a professional career and then I got into entrepreneurialism and, um, and then I had a failed business when I left Australia three years ago, a watch company, and it really hit me hard for about a year, my psyche and my motivation and my confidence. And then I met some great people back here and, and I've kind of reinvented myself in terms of my work. Um, so, so I think that whole resilience journey and the self-awareness journey yeah. is critically, critically it important. Is. Um, so in terms of, in terms of does, do you want to add anything to the whole resilience I would, I, I, I would just add, I mean, I, I crashed and born with stress myself maybe, you know, 23 and a half years ago. And I think learned a lot of lessons from that, which I would share yeah. with my clients. But I think one common thing I see out there very much is I think there's a lot of people out there and there's a lot of people putting across consultants or whatever talking about, you know, dealing with the, the symptoms of stress. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's the cause I mean, if you yeah. deal with the symptoms of something, it's going to keep reoccurring. It's too late, yeah. And I think there's a lot of stuff out there, you know, where people are putting across, you know, dealing with the, the, the symptoms of it. Yeah. Um, but to me, you've got to go back to the core and look at what is bringing it on. It's funny you say that because I went through a bit of a kind of, uh, not, well, I suppose it was a therapy thing through a friend a year or so ago who's now becoming a business partner. And uh, we looked at the fact that all through my life, mm. I managed to fall into the trap of being too trusting uh, surrounding myself with toxic people and then failing as a result of that, right? So I've kind of got rid of all that and I don't... And I've noticed, funny enough, for the last year, I'm not attracting toxicity. I'm attracting the right people, you know? So yeah. it's having that awareness of... I was always a people pleaser. Now I'm less of a people pleaser 
and those toxic situations don't seem to be coming to me. Well, so it's, they, they it's say, empowering. Yeah, they say you're a reflection of the four people you're closest to, don't they? That, yeah. that, that choose your friends wisely. I was, uh, you know, I, I had an uncle who who told me, an uncle who looked out for mm. me as a, as a kid, and he told me choose those friends wisely because you yeah. will reflect. They you'll become a reflection of them. I've heard a similar one. You become yeah. who you tolerate. Absolutely. Which I find really mm. good. You know. Yeah. So the positivity. I love surrounding myself with positive people, um, and also. Also, people who just constantly want to learn and better themselves. Because that's what I didn't say before. I forgot to say it. But there's just not enough hours in the day to learn stuff. I constantly want to write things, create new programs, do new work. There's just not enough time in the day. Do you both find that? There's not enough time in the day to, to do what you want to do. I'm probably a bit of a natural workaholic. So, mm. I think um, a lot of self-employed yeah, people are. I, um, but 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 I but I have to say I am uh, since I became self-employed, and I actually really salute you that you went out earlier, Mark. Yeah. Um, I I I had a really successful corporate career for thirty years, and and. Uh, you know, it was actually life experiences that occurred that made me re rebalance and go. Oh, and and actually, it's only since I I went out on my own, I've actually I'm more fulfilled. I'm doing. I'm leaning into the things. I'm basically stitching my own patchwork here. It's and very it, and similar it, to me. Yeah. 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 I, like last year, I climbed Kilimanjaro. Wow. Just because you know, because uh, like, you could, because you, I could, and I had the time to do it. And you had it. the clarity of focus, and you gave yourself exactly the freedom yeah, to do that. Yeah. 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 As, yeah. Well, I would say I would probably be different. I'm not a workaholic <laughs> in any shape or form. I mean, I but, would but, say, but, but you're really motivated. I can see that, and really yeah. disciplined. Yes. So, so how can you be? How can you be really? Mo- I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. How can you be so motivated and disciplined, but not be a workaholic? I would say, I, and what I say to my clients is, I'm motivated by laziness. Yeah. Um, what's the easiest way of doing something and getting the highest value and biggest return? And I would say this to my clients yeah, as well, because from a, from yeah, a leadership perspective, I mean, why, why would a leader want to develop, um, you know, a toolbox of phenomenal leadership skills? Because the better the leadership skills are, the better you engage people, the more uh, yeah, effective yeah. you communicate, the more effective you deal with your customers. means, you know, life's a lot easier and the rewards are a lot better. So, yeah. I mean... That's a lot of the, well, what I would say yeah. to yeah. Just to back you up there, Bill Gates said he always employs lazy people because they will find the most effective and efficient way to do something yeah. quickly. It's like the old quote, uh, what is it now? It's uh, human beings tend to do things only when the pain of not doing it exceeds Absolutely. the pain of doing it. And yes. I, that resonates with me. On that, I think we'll, I think we'll, uh, we'll have a quick break and we'll come back after these messages. Broadcasting to South Dublin on 93.9. This is Dublin South FM. And welcome back. So what we're going to do now, Mark, in the last slot is, uh, Mark and Miriam, is uh, maybe, maybe talk to you first, Mark, about challenges you face in the work you do and also challenges you see in terms of your clients. So what, what are the biggest challenges that you face in, in the work you do? Um, the, the biggest challenge uh, I, I, I think you you always face um, as a as a consultant is 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 giving the best value to your clients. Yeah, I mean to me it, it is all about value. And how, what's the value? How do you know when you're giving, in your mind, the best value to your clients? Well, up, up front, before I do any project with a client, it will be very much around, you know, what specific objectives the client wants to achieve, Yeah. how the client will measure that. And it's important the client measures that, Absolutely. not me, it's yeah, how the yeah. client measures it. But yeah. then the most important metric really is the value that the, 
that the client will take out of that. That and could be different than the metrics. And do you keep asking your clients as you're going along, how am I, how are we going, faring together? How, how do you how do you practically do that? You don't leave it to the very end, I guess. Definitely not. No, I mean all all, all through the projects, there, there there there's there's points where we would. I mean, I would be very close to the client. Yeah. You know, if it's a, if it's if it's a group a program or a, a company wide program, or even if it's a one to one executive client, yeah. I would be close to. I call them the key stakeholder, the person who's actually paying the check. Yeah. So definitely being really really close because business things can change. Yeah. But I think the value piece is 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 so important. I mean. Uh, it, it, you know, to me, it's all about value. And even when I'm working, mm. you know, when any client says, even if it's someone working in a company, what value are you providing in that company? And I think we have to continually, even people in full-time employment have to ask that question. What is the value that we are providing? I think, I think we have to, con- you know, as self-employed mm. people, as entrepreneurs, we constantly have to question that. I don't know whether, I, I'd imagine a number of employees probably don't, but I think organisations would improve if they did, you know, if there was a way of... Not enforcing that, but enabling that in organisations. What what, what do you think from a retail perspective? Well, it's 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 about versatility, isn't Mm. it? So so like I I would often um, work with my clients, and you're you're going in usually for a particular project, which is usually about um, about accelerated growth and or growth quick quick Mm. growth Um, and there's an element of recalibrating the business to go alongside that but actually a big chunk of the role is actually almost a a little bit of doing the non-exec role you're the person that doesn't have skin in the game that's going to tell them that they might be the person getting in their own way Mm. you know that that is going to give them a very honest Um, point of view so I may be warm but I'm quite direct as well <laughs> so yeah. um, so so there's an element of that as well but but versatility and actually Mark was just talking about uh, talking about that. versatility is, is critical here because yeah, quite often um, a, a business will bring you in and they'll bring you in for a problem and the minute you get under the surface you realise that that's not the problem they think is the problem mm. is not the problem that's often the case yeah, yeah. which is often the case So because um, often the problem is hidden it you is. know, conveniently hidden, or it hasn't been uncovered. Or they've, what they've seen is is um, a symptom rather, mm, you correct, know, rather correct, than the cause. Correct. So, um, so yeah, versatility is, mm. is everything, particularly when you're self-employed. And I, I yeah. think you made a really good point there, Simon. If you could, um, if you could actually. Um, uh, foster or culture or enable more versatility yeah. in organisations there'd actually be less ER issues there'd be less know. you know yes. the, 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 you know people would be more yeah. comfortable and, and these days you know trends in employment are changing people are going to have three or four careers yeah. in their Plus, life 10 yeah, maybe 12 that is, this is the world that, yeah. uh, that we're, and just, we're and in ju- and just linking in there I mean from what you said there to me like Engagement and you fit on it. Absolutely. Engagement and retention yeah. is is vital. I mean, yeah. engaging them, engaging with your best staff, and retaining your best staff. Yeah. And to me, there's a lot of simple stuff that organisations can do that cost absolutely zero. And actually, yeah. to it's, implement, it's not about money. It's not about yeah. salary. No, That's so not. low down the list absolutely. for people. Mm. Uh, engagement is is yeah. is actually really critical, particularly in the economic environment we're in now. And much as we're all expecting everything to crash with Brexit, mm. I don't think that's going to happen. And there's always opportunity. Yeah. With, uh, I hear so much doom and gloom about Brexit, and yeah. there are challenges ahead. But there's always opportunity. I actually in think for points. Ireland, there's huge opportunity. Uh, Massive opportunities. Yeah. So, so, uh, but, but we're at nearly a full employment. Yeah. So, you know, engagement and retention, they're mm-hmm. problems that aren't going to go away immediately. Yeah. So, so for, for most businesses, that's something to, to yeah. really focus on. What about the, the Irish psyche? So this is a whole new subject. Is there enough positivity 
in the Irish psyche as opposed to other – in terms of the business world. The reason I ask is that you know, part of what I do is I represent a company that uh, puts values on brands, right? Mm-hmm. And we launched the Nation Brand Index a couple of – last week in Dublin. Um, and Ireland's national brand value of the country, which is made up of the main companies and, and perceptions of the country – as a whole, is the fastest growing nation brand in Western Europe. It's grown 110% in terms of value, Ireland Inc., since the Brexit referendum. But I don't necessarily see that filtering down into Irish businesses. And the reason I say this is that there's something like 17% of senior executives of big companies in London are Irish people. So Irish people are really good at driving business and using soft influencing skills. But I don't know whether Irish companies are as confident as that. What, what, what do you think about that? Or am I wrong in saying we're that? We're the or? eighth most entrepreneurial country in the world. I yeah. read an article on that this week. But do we know that? Do we? Do, do the average people in Ireland know that? Are we confident about that? Are we shouting that as much? I think that's part of the psyche is not to shout out from the rooftops. It's a bit in Australia. There's this thing called the tall poppy syndrome. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, don't. I think there's a part of the Irish psyche there that's kind of a bit shy about calling out success, the raw, yeah, raw American yeah, thing. Yeah, you know, no, we're, I think we're the polar opposite of the, you know, the American, hi, yeah. I am an achiever, mm. let me tell you but what do you, I've done. But do you think that needs to change a bit? Mark, Mark, do you think that needs to, do you think we need to be shouting out our successes more in Ireland or, or is, it, is there enough now? What, what do you think? I think culturally we're probably uh, very modest. Yes. And we're not great at selling ourselves, yeah. which, which again goes back to me about the importance of of a personal brand, whether that's our, a company brand or a personal mm. individual leadership brand. Because yeah. again, if you're comfortable and you're confident in your brand, then you're living the strengths that you um, yeah, do yeah. every day. You're embodying it and you don't need to shout it out. And you don't need to shout it out. So I mean, I think yeah, yeah. again, standing on a table shouting out what you're good at is not going to work. But I think if you build a brand around what you are good at and you live that brand, I think that's yeah. what drives, um, that to me is what drives that success that uh, leaders need to have. That's a really good point because I've been, you know, I'm developing my business and I've heard different people say different things. And what I'm noticing this year is I'm kind of stepping back because there's, there's, there's hundreds of me, there's hundreds of coaches and consultants just in Dublin. Yeah. So what, I've, what I'm purposefully doing is stepping out of the fray a bit and appearing, I guess, a little bit aloof, right? Yeah. But not arrogant, not egotistical, yeah. just stepping out. And I've noticed, maybe it's coincidence, but I'm getting a little bit more work by doing that, by, by probably appearing a little bit more, a bit, little bit less desperate, right? Yeah. Does that resonate at all? Just, so I, I guess what I'm doing is I'm living my own brand without shouting on the table. And it seems mm. to be working. Yes. Well, so, yeah. so I'm kind of doing what you're suggesting. Yes. Yeah. I, so I, th- I think as a nation, we're very good at, at um, subtle influence. Soft, at, at, soft, soft influence. Soft influence. Definitely. definitely. Um, and, and, and I agree with you. I am. I, um, I, well, I, you see, I'm in, in the zone where I'm actually living my best life or doing my best to live my best yeah. life. And uh, I'm actually enjoying the I'm feeling vital again. I'm learning mm. and I'm, I'm really enjoying all the different experiences that I'm having. And you went to see orchestral manoeuvres. And I went to see OMD <laughs> last night. And were you singing? And, and Mark's like kicking me under the table because he didn't get a ticket. <laughs> yeah. um, I, 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 we were actually talking about this earlier, those seminal moments in life when the only people under 30 in the concert hall are the, are the staff. <laughs> That's mm. not Good. No. Um, what was going to say? But the um, from a from a personal brand point of view, I actually um, 
I, I'm, I'm, most of my business comes through referral because somebody me has too. worked with me and they, they've had results and then they tell somebody else they've had results. And, yeah. you know, I, 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 you know, touch, you know, like mm. a, a, probably 90% of my work comes through referral. Yeah, it's funny. I've just added that on my LinkedIn. Most of yeah. my work comes through. And I didn't have yeah. the confidence to say that before, but it's yeah. true. So I thought, yeah. I'm just going to do it. Absolutely. Mm. So in terms of, so we talked about challenges. What about... Um, What's the best part of what you do in terms of how, in terms of Mark, in terms of the work you do? What do you like most, and then what do you think your clients like most in terms of what you do for them? Um, I, I mean, I love to see um, an organisation grow from me having been in the organisation. Yeah. Uh, again, seeing seeing the leaders gaining much more confidence, um, taking more challenges. Uh, engaging their own people below them, and and then that that tends to go right through the organisation, which is really about, you know, creating a a high performance, innovative culture in the organisation. Yeah. So I think culture to me is huge. I mean, you know, people people don't believe what's on the walls. You know, you can put up all the, you know, the the the, the, the plastic sheeting saying we value our people. People believe what they see in the halls, and that is the leaders are the exemplars of the behaviours that the business wants to see. And that, to me, is what drives high performance in an organisation. Correct. Yeah. Cultures are people and people attitudes. They're not words and posters. Yeah, yeah it's behaviour, completely. Yeah. Um, and in terms of you, Miriam, so in terms of the work you do, what, what do you love most about what you do and what do you think your clients love most about what you provide to them? Um, I, I, I actually love uh, the, the variety and... Um, the the I'm loving the variety of, of the different industries that I'm I'm working in. So I'm really enjoying that the most. From a from a client point of view, the, the the guys that are working with me, I think what they are enjoying is I'm very results focused and I'm very commercial. So obviously that has a very positive impact on their yeah, business yeah, yeah. because I'm able to grow their business with them. Um, and also I'm I'm um, I'm actually also very direct, but I'm a very direct in a very warm You're way. You're a warm direct. In, I'm a warm. <laughs> I'm a, I'm very direct in a non aggressive way yeah. which um, is actually uh, a really nice way to take medicine <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a really good way to take no, medicine it is, it so, is. so I'm very good at, at uh, connecting and uh, helping them get their teams engaged and, yeah, and yeah. performing yeah. so cool so in the last three or four minutes Mark if you you know if you have potential clients out, I'll ask the same for both of you if you have potential clients out there who are looking for the sort of work you offer how would you summarize what you do to them you know, in a couple of bullets and what are the ideal clients you're looking for? Um, in, a, in a couple of bullets to me, it, it, you know, get the car out of the garage. You know, as an organization, pick exciting goals that's going to energize the organization, the leaders in the organization, the people below. It's, um, you know, resign, you know re- resign as master of the universe, which is um, stop trying to be everything to everybody. You know, yeah. pick the core areas and build that brand around that. And um, I suppose, and, and, and the biggest one of all, I would say is, um, you know, eat the dessert force, be grateful for what we have, what we're striving for better. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's not enough of that out there today. Yeah. Um, no, I love that. I, you know, I have this kind of, I, I got this from the spiritual group I'm in, that every day, every single day is an entire lifetime. So, you know, you, you go to bed at night, right? And you're, you're not unconscious when you're asleep, mm-hmm. but you're semi-conscious, right? So you haven't a clue what's happening when you're asleep, right? You, you, you could be in a different universe yes. for all we know. And then you wake up and that, that next 18 hours is an entire lifetime. So, mm-hmm. you know, that whole Mars advert, 
about work, rest, and play. I, I try and live by that. You know, every day you, you got to work, you've got to rest, and you you got to mind yourself, and you got to make the most of life because. This could be your last day. Not well, being morbid, but just enjoy mm. life, you know. Well, I'll be at Daily Mount Park tonight to see Bowles claim third place in the league. <laughs> uh, tonight, yeah. cheering on the, the gypsies. Cool, cool. So, in terms of Miriam, in terms of the key messages you'd like to get out for any clients out there? Um, to um, to think, um, think try and think long long term try and try and think a few years ahead so i i uh, i often will see a business when it's already in that pinch point so so once you've grown to a certain size you do need to recalibrate and and you know get ready for the next tranche of growth yeah um and quite often um when startups and by startup i mean say you know under two million turnover you're 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 actually um quite often very lean so um, and 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 you 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 want to keep things lean, yeah. but uh, just don't leave it too late to to, to get support uh, when you need it. And then it's actually about um, building high-performing teams. Cool. So, I think you both make great advisors to clients. I've got no doubt about that. I love I love your positive attitude, Mark, and I love your soft, direct attitude. <laughs> <laughs> so, if anybody wants to connect with you with you, Mark, what what are your contact details? Um, just the, the website, which would be basically www markdonovan.ie Perfect, perfect. And Miriam? Um, so you can either get me on LinkedIn. I do these really sad little videos where I'm in the car. I've seen, I've seen <laughs> I've those seen a lot. Videos. <laughs> um, you, you'll either get me on LinkedIn, but actually my website is um, pto.ie, which stands for Partnering Talent and Operations. So pto.ie. Perfect. And uh, with that, I wish uh, my colleague Joe all the best tonight. He's oh, doing yeah. this TEDx. I know he's pacing around, but he'll be great. And he will. Uh, you've been great guests and uh, look forward to being back here next week. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Simon. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Broadcasting from the Dundrum Town Centre, this is Dublin South FM.